0: You guys, we've never actually explained to our listeners why we call the show "Media Monsters." We're media there's... monsters, yeah. Because, go ahead, Al. because all the other fucking good names were taken—like <laughs> three hundred different names. The main... but the main reason why you know I thought that we should be called something like Media Monsters is because we consume a lot of media, you know, whether it's TV and movies, and video games, comics, theme parks, pop culture, you know, and I hope that our, uh, our listeners are hungry for more of this tonight because we're going to be talking about a whole buffet of uh, topics here, uh, and they're all going to be based around restaurants. So we're going to be going from food trucks and uh, to fine dining and around the bend.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm hungry. I'm. I'm. I'm listening. I'm salivating.
0: <laughs> so, um, what we're gonna start with tonight uh, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, this is a movie that I never saw in the theater, and I it wasn't even on my radar at all. I heard the soundtrack. Uh, one of my coworkers was just happened to be playing it at work, and I'm like, what is that? I have to see that. I have to get that soundtrack. And the movie is. Can I guess? Yeah, well, go ahead. Yeah, I just said it.
2: Is it Iron Man 2?
0: No.
1: The ACDC all. soundtrack on that movie is really good, though.
0: No, I mean, <laughs> you guys know this movie probably because I made you watch it, and it's, it's uh, John Favreau's Chef. 2014. So in 2014, it came out. And if anybody wants to watch it, it is on HBO Max or Max or whatever they want to call it next week. And, you know, it, the funny thing is, it's one of these things where it's written by John Favreau. It's directed by John Favreau. It's starring John Favreau. And, yeah, and John Leguizamo and a couple and other. Really... Metaphorically,
1: it's about John Favreau.
0: It is. it is. It is. I mean, Alex uh, I and Nick, I introduced you to this movie, didn't I?
1: Uh, I knew of it before you told me about it, but I hadn't watched it.
0: Yeah, I made you sit down and watch it at your house, and then Alex, I think I introduced you to the movie too, didn't I?
2: Yeah, I got sick of you talking about it, so <laughs> I watched it. I really got sick of. It. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, as much as you gushed over it, I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna watch this just to make him happy. And and I actually, I was amazed that I actually did like it as much as I did. Jim, you and I are two very different people with two very different tastes in music. So I was like, I, I just don't want to, I was like, what kind of hokey music is going to be in this? And um, I was actually like, I was amazed. There was actually a couple instrumentals. instrumentals. There was mm-hmm. like a, there was a Wu-Tang instrumental in it at one point that I thought I was like, wow, that's actually pretty, pretty impressive. The music, it wasn't, it, it wasn't pain. It wasn't a pain to listen to. It wasn't anguishing. I actually, I did enjoy the music, not as much as you do, but I did enjoy it didn't take anything away from the film. I think it it added to the film in in my opinion, because God knows
0: even more emotion.
2: It did. It gave it, 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 you know, it took on a life of its own and and added to the overall uh, value of the film.
0: Yeah. I I think it really did, you know, make the highs even higher and the lows even lower. uh, And, and, you know, kind of, Take those moments that are really bittersweet and, and make you slow down and enjoy them, especially at the very end. You know, but the cast is ridiculously awesome, too. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, John Favreau's the the um, star of the movie. His name is uh, Chef Carl Casper. Uh, you can look him up on Twitter, at Chef Carl Casper. No, I'm kidding. Um, that's a, in the movie. But, um, you know, he's a fine dining world renowned chef who uh, blows up at his owner and at a, um, uh, the restaurant owner and at at a, uh, um, a food critic and kind of in turn, he blows up the internet and blows up his career and restarts his life with a food truck. And I just think that it's really touching in that he's, reconnecting with himself. He's reconnecting with his family. And it's a very, I'm going to say, you know, kind of a soft movie, meaning that it it's kind hearted. The people seem very, very real to me. What do you guys think?
2: You bring up a good point about the way he connects with his son again. I think one of the most memorable aspects of the film is how much he puts his son to the side a lot. In the very beginning he has no connection to his son whatsoever and then he i think there's one point where you know as as weirdly close as he is with uh his his ex-wife so uh, sophia viagra um um, they have a very very odd dynamic as as exes and co-parents and then there's the one point where he kind of he takes his son for granted and like leaves him on the corner for like an hour waiting for him while yeah. he's while he's trying to pursue his own you know his own glory before the you know getting his restaurant ready before the before the the critic shows up and yeah. his son doesn't see how much how much work and how much passion he puts into it and how personal he is about it and he doesn't see how he's taking it too far and forgetting himself and there's one point where his his ex-wife says you left your son on the corner for an hour ago for an hour. He's like, well, I'll, him and I are good. Well, I'll make it up to him. And it's just sort of like a disposable relationship. And then at one point where they're in the, when they're in the food truck cooking together and he burns a Cuban sandwich and he says to, he's like, you're going to serve that. And he's like, yeah, what's it matter? The son's like, yeah, what's it matter? They're not paying for it anyway. And he just quick in a hurry, cuts it right off and, and brings him right outside and explains to him how much he loves what he's doing, how much he's doing this, and he wants his son to understand how much he loves it. And that he is he knows he's not a good father. He knew he wasn't a good husband. He knew he knew his shortcomings, but he knew his strengths. And he wanted his son to see to recognize his shortcomings, but he but he wanted his son to recognize his strengths. And he wanted to give that to his son. The awe that his son has looking at him and wanting to be part of being with him and on the flip side and I know I'm going on a tangent he says to his son you want to be in a you want to be in the kitchen he's like yeah I want to cook he's like yeah no you have to be this is part of the this is part of the being in the kitchen you need to clean you need to take care of what needs to be taken care of you need to put in the hard work and just that character building and that passion building that he's conveying to his son on such an item that is meant to be consumed, but is an art and a passion for others. I think that's that drives it home, that drives home that love that he has for cooking. And I'll I'll make this point very clear later on is that all the movies that we talk about tonight that's the one theme is the love of yeah. uh, the love of the product, the love of the service that's conveyed. The passion and, Yeah. yeah.
0: And, you know, what's really interesting, too, is that with his relationship with Percy is that in that same scene that you're talking about, when uh, when he burns the sandwich, you know, throughout his interactions with Percy, he is not a great father in that he will contradict himself immediately, like immediately. And you're like, is this just bad writing? No, it's a parent who doesn't necessarily know how to be a good parent or know what to do in the situation
2: like with but, the kettle corn where yeah, he talks with the about oh, and then he's just eating the kettle corn 2 seconds later.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and you know, he's like, uh, "No, we you know, I'll I'll take you to New Orleans." And the kid's like, "Now?" And he's like, uh uh, uh 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 oh, he's calling me out on it, you know? You know, but when when he's a chef, when he's doing his job, he's totally clear on what he wants and how to do everything. You know, it's yeah. it's like the other side of him.
2: You can see how corruptible he is on some levels when, when he's not in his his element, meaning <laughs> when he was when he was talking about the the healthiness of the orange and the how beautiful the orange is. And then he cuts up kettle corn and says, that's just, you know, what do you call it? Just carbs coated in, in, and di- in diabetes. Two seconds later, they show him eating it. I'm not going to buy you. I'm not taking you to the farmer's market because all you're going to do is ask for food. And he's corruptible in that level. He doesn't stick to his guns the way he sticks to his guns inside the kitchen. Is just, he may be the superstar, but he is fallible. And it's it's evident how corruptible he is towards his, you know, when it comes to the passion he has of his art and his, you know, his staff, yeah. and you know, his team. But yeah. then it shows how quick, later on, it shows how quickly that one guy folds under pressure.
0: And his his everybody around him, everybody around him loves him at a different level, you know, and, and he's just got such a strong friendship with anywhere from, you know, his his I don't know, Scarlett Johansson, would you call him a call her his girlfriend? I think I would, um, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, Sofia Vergara, you know, the ex-wife Inez. To you know his son, and with John Leguizamo, and and with Tony, and everybody, you know everybody loves him. He could, they would, they would die for him, you know. So it, that that's another reason why it seems like a very real a real story. You know, nobody's necessarily the 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 bad guy, especially at the, the very end.
2: The only one on his staff, the only one in his staff that followed him was John Leguizamo. That's the only one because. Let's. At the end of the day, the truth was that the guy who had to sleep in his in his car, he, to right. make sure he was there, as soon as it, it was his time to slide in and it came push came to shove, he folded. And it, the truth is, it's it's a for him, it's pretty much a job and it's an agreeable job, you know. But he had the opportunity to step up and do what he needed to do for him. And but John Leguizamo was the only one that showed within that kitchen that showed. <laughs> you know but other than scarlett johansson really backing you know wanting him to be happy he's the only one that showed any type of um loyalty towards him
0: yeah and i mean that's one of the kind of
2: even though he was loyal to them
0: even you know? though it's it's kind of a funny odd moment i'm like wait a second he got from la to miami in like what 2 hours <laughs>
2: But that's what screwed me up is I didn't realize they were in LA. I thought they were in Miami the whole time.
0: Yeah, no, he, he's in LA. And then all of a sudden, you know, John Leguizamo, he's on the phone with John Leguizamo talking to him at, at Riva's restaurant. And then all of a sudden, he shows up in a cab in, in Miami. You're like,
2: Yeah, that was weird. That, uh, that was
0: weird. But, you know, that's called a linear
1: of editing. It's just cutting out travel. <laughs> Did you really want to see him get on a plane?
2: But then again, yeah, but then again, how fast did he put a how fast did he put a shitbag truck back together, shiny?
0: Exactly, exactly. You <laughs> know, and and his cousin put it, you know, um, put in the sound system and painted it overnight.
2: Yeah, I was I was pretty amazed at the uh the label the branding of the truck. Like it was pretty pretty fast. Do you yeah. know, do you know why I made the the Iron Man two joke? I mean, if you don't, you I, know that this I do. Yeah. Jim, do you know?
0: I, I mean, I know that there's a lot of overlap between the cast of Chef and the, and the cast of Iron Man 2. No, too. that's
2: not it. This, that's not
1: no? it. This, what, this what, movie... So, this movie... Go ahead, dude. Yeah. This is awesome. This movie is a metaphor for him making Iron Man 2. Like, you... you In the beginning of the movie, you, like, kind of hear about his early restaurant days. And those yeah. mo- those... That's kind of supposed to be his, like, Swingers era when he was, like, first getting into it and like you know he had something like fresh and bold to like put out and critics all loved that back then and now he he is stuck in the studio system which is working at a fancy restaurant forced to kind of make the same shit over and over again cuz at this time he was making Cowboys and Aliens and Iron Man 2 those were the last two movies he made before this and they were both savaged by critics and yeah, this I was is say,
0: those are those are two movies he made that i i don't like <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it's it's a matter of it's John Favreau basically like admitting like he got himself stuck in the studio system and like lost his passion for art. Do you
2: know that? um... The part because where he's it was watch- beaten out of him. Do you know the part where he's watching? He's watching the movie with Percy, and there it's just all gunfire and like there's like a phaser noise. It's it's the iron. It's the Iron Man like hand cannon. Yeah, like the refractor beam or whatever that hell it's called that's that's the noise you know there's there's a ton of and like you know scarlett johansson's in there for a reason yeah and stuff like that and it's robert just, downey it's, jr's in there for a reason yeah it's yeah. dude the whole thing is hilarious it's just i was like okay whatever and then it was like oh my god it really is and I then complete, yeah. him
1: him getting this food truck is the movie chef like the movie is representing itself in that food truck yeah it's pretty funny it's him getting his passion back and like that was the best movie he had made in a little bit (laughs) like
2: that cuban sandwich was what we needed you know i don't even know who the who's is is mickey rourke the villain in iron man 2 yeah is i'm like i don't even know what went on in iron man 2 (laughs) it was whiplash i don't remember it was whiplash i haven't seen
1: iron man 2 since 2010 so yeah, I have no clue. I I was like, who the hell's even in Iron Man 2? That's how forgettable that movie is. That's how basic it is. Which really sucks because Justin Hammer is really great. Sam yeah. Rockwell's Justin Hammer. He's in it for like ten minutes of screen time, but like he's the best part about that movie. Does he dance in that?
2: that yeah, that's that's, that's the minutes. one where he does the little dance. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, the Sam Rockwell dance that he does in every movie. <laughs> it's his, it's his McConaughey clause. He's got to dance in every, <laughs> every movie. But yeah, I mean, people have also said
1: that um, Dustin Hoffman's character, Riva, Riva, whatever his name is, uh, is, well, it might be Feige, it might be Iger. And honestly, the way he like looks, it kind of reminds me more of Iger than Feige.
2: Yeah. And it's funny because I, I had, I started watching, I'd seen Chef and I, I sat down to watch it today and I was before I, I was looking for like you know things you didn't know about you know chef on YouTube just stuff to kind of fuel my arguments and whatever. And so that came up the Iron Man 2 you know representing chef situation or whatever you want to say vice versa um and it was just like I started watching about five minutes of it. I was like I gotta watch this movie before we go before we have a go at this tonight or else I'm gonna be lost. Um, and it was really funny because you just see the part where Reva comes in and he basically is like, do what I say or fuck off, you know? And it's, it's really, it's, it's like, wow. It kind of drove home that, that point of what they were doing to Jon Favreau Yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really
1: interesting when you view the movie from that angle. So, you know, if you, if anybody's going to have a rewatch of, of that movie after this, then, um. I keep that little viewpoint in mind cuz it's uh it's fun to dissect it that way. Yeah, and it ruins the movie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it doesn't ruin it. No, it it um, changes it changes the oh, did I? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and I'm
0: I'm so surprised that more people don't know of this movie, don't love this movie like I do. But, you know, one of the things that surprises me, maybe one of the things that keeps people from watching it is the fact that it's rated R, and I'm like, why is this rated R? It's got to be for the
1: language. Yeah, and, and it's just the MPA of that being. Language,
0: yeah, ninety percent of the language is in the kitchen at Reva's restaurant, <laughs> and it's all John Leguizamo for for the most part.
2: <laughs> but that's that's what's really funny is that remember when he says, "I don't want you going into the kitchen because all the the language that yeah. gets said," but then he's like, when he's at home, he's like, he's like, yeah. Um, I don't want you swearing to his son. I don't want you swearing when you're here. But if you look at his apartment, his apartment is, is a restaurant kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's, I was like, Hey, that's something to shoot for. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's really cool. That's a nice and little then, detail. <laughs> but it, it, it just so funny because it's like, it just shows he can't, he can't the, the not, not being able to separate from work that his world is that, and that is his world. And, it's just almost like you're not coming into my world, to so his son, like yeah. you're, and it really is keeping wow. him
0: at a distance.
2: Wow, that's just a revelation. As I was just talking, came out. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Wait, yeah, I think it's it's definitely for me. I know Jim. I know you love Chef. I know you love it. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies where I just go when I rewatched it today. I go. Why do not why do I not like it as much as I think I don't until I watch it? Do you know what I mean? It's kinda like the
0: movie on in front of you, you're like, Yeah, it's okay, but then the movie's on. You know, you have past it on the T V and you're like, Oh, I stop and just watch it again, right? Is that what you mean?
2: It's like apple juice. You know you love apple juice when you have apple juice, but if you don't have apple juice, you don't know how much you love apple juice.
0: Okay.
2: Yup. <laughs>
1: you're like, that's that lame baby drink. And then you have apple juice and you're like, apple juice rocks. <laughs>
2: I just love apple juice. <laughs> it's
0: the apple juice episode. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, we're talking
2: about drinks and food. It counts. But he, I mean, did, but then he, Jim, you were saying how that transferred over into a, you know, did he have a Netflix show? The chef show?
0: He does. Yeah. The chef show is, is really kind of cool. If you watch the the uh, chef all the way to the end, you see some kind of not outtakes, but you know behind the scenes um, scenes where he's prepping just the grilled cheese that he makes for his son, right? And he's there with um, a, a celebrity chef just learning how to make the the grilled cheese, right? And by the way, if you look closely, anytime um chef casper is making something and they show his hands you it's don't a woman's see hands yeah it, it's somebody else's hands you're not <laughs> seeing john favreau and making the food at the same time there's always some kind of a you know really almost invisible cut there but you know it, it's because he i'm sure they don't want him chopping at the speed of light like they're doing and things like that
2: but that's so um, funny because i was like i was like john john favreau really can cut a cucumber
0: Right, right. <laughs> and you notice it, like the counters in the, it, you know, they'll pan down past the counter or something like that, because there are other people doing the the stunt cutting, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, looking at the characters in here, you know, it, and John Favreau, he's one of these actors directors that tends to bring in the same, um, same actors over and over again, and there's a lot of overlap between, um his his life in the Marvel movies and his life in Star Wars. I mean, here you're going to see uh, from Marvel alone, you've got Scarlett Johansson, you've got uh, Robert Downey Jr. in a very bizarre scene where he's having like multiple conversations at the same time.
2: I don't think he's acting. I think he's just reading lines on a paper and being Robert Downey Jr.
0: Uh, you know what? You're probably <laughs> right because it's like he he's just saying – having three conversations kind of going around in, in circles and, and is,
2: is it scripted? Is that even
0: scripted? <laughs> it it must be scripted because, you know, the, if you look at it at the end, he did have, you know, three different topics that he does talk about and wrap up, but they're kind of intertwined, you know, <laughs> like a DNA strand or something like that, you know, but, um, and then you get into the people that are, in his his Star Wars life, um, Alex did did you notice you you're watching Mandalorian right? Have you yeah. still
2: not watched anymore? No, I think um, I made it to the Lizzo and and Jack Black episode, and um
0: yeah. Keep keep going keep going. Just before- <laughs> Ignore that episode and just keep going. I
1: don't get what everybody's problem is. It's just like they're that's there. What? Right. But...
0: It's all right. You know. No,
2: no. It's it's not them. It's it's the writing. Oh, well, yeah. It's yeah. the
0: ho- it's a Star Wars it's holiday special writing. episode of of the Mandalorian. That's
2: so funny because I thought that was going to be it. That's exactly what I what I referenced. You know. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you they know, had but...
1: Christopher Lloyd saying Count Dooku did nothing wrong. Well, he's oh, being man. shuffled away to his to his moon planet to
2: to be in prison for the rest of his life. Yeah, and what's really funny is that oh my god, Megan's like Megan goes, "Hey, Doc Brown's in this. He got in his time machine and he and he went back he's, to a, a galaxy far, far away." And he, I go, "I was he's like, a whatever, man in DeLorean. I know. Then that stupid yep. meme came out, and I was like, I was like, "Oh, you again?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in in Mandalorian, remember the, the mechanic who loves Grogu?
2: She's the, pu- she's the publicist, isn't she?
0: She's the publicist. Um... Yeah, I did a double take when I, you know, that I was like, oh my god, Jen is is uh, Amy Sedaris. Which
1: is funny because she's also the publicist in Bojack Horseman. Is she? Yeah, so she's, she's been like typecast as a publicist in 2014, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I could almost- it- I could almost see her like you know in a in a movie married to Joe Pesci. <laughs> okay? Okay? Okay?
2: Have you ever seen um <laughs> have you ever seen her when she's in Strangers with Candy? Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> when
0: she's cow- just creepy.
2: Yeah. What's really funny is that so you pitched the three the three topics tonight and I yeah. was like I'm really really struggling to find the connection between all three of them. Yep. And now I've just I've figured out what the connection is between the three of them actor-wise. They they all they all connect to each other in one way or another in in two ways. So and we'll get I'll I'll make the connections as we go.
0: Well, actually, that's a great segue because one of the characters in here is in the the show that we're about to talk about. So you know the the food critic, who was his name, Ramsey Ramsey Michelle. Yeah. That's Oliver Platt, mm-hmm. and. So here's our connection is that in the bear, Oliver Platt's in there too, as, yep, I'm going to say it, Uncle Jimmy. Uncle Jimmy right. Cicero.
2: Uncle Jimmy. Uncle Jimmy. But in the bear, there's actually yep. there's there's actually the cousin. Yep, the co- and the, the cousin is in Andor. Is in Andor. Yep. Richie. No. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Richie.
2: Yeah, David Jackson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Richie,
0: Jackson. don't call me Rick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so let's get into The Bear. The Bear is a, a show over on FX. I hope that it comes back. I don't know. I haven't heard it's anything about it. has been renewed. About... It has. Good, good, good. But this is a tough show to watch. I, You know, I know a lot of people will say, you know, I couldn't get into it because immediately right off the bat, it is freaking stressful, really mm-hmm. dramatic, and... very fast paced but the stress is just incredible but the acting is incredible too um it stars uh jeremy allen white who let me just say it's not zach braff because (laughs) if you look at him real quick you're like oh it's zach braff in that show nope um and i i've never seen him on anything else before have you guys
1: uh he was on shameless and he was in a couple of other things but um
0: he isn't yeah. shameless. Okay. I knew I, I couldn't I couldn't connect it. Yeah. And then I mean he's fantastic. Sydney Sydney's my favorite. And she just got an award from um actually from South by, at South by Southwest from IMDB um for her her roles in this uh in the bear and another uh, movie. Uh what was it called? The bottom or something like that. Um but she's fantastic as well. And I, I just love the stress uh, that seemed extremely real to me. Um, and you, you expect that he's just going to come in like a, a typical Hollywood movie and, and, you know, come in and just clear everybody out. But he doesn't. You know, you, you see the progression of how he's he's moving towards them and they're moving towards him you know and i'm really really looking forward to where this goes i i i just hope it doesn't become a victim of getting canceled or anything like that what what's your uh take on it guys
1: overall i i enjoyed it a lot but i felt like it was like rushed in some aspects like i think episodes could have been longer than 30 minutes and at the same time i felt like they could have combined some episodes into just having an A-plot and a B-plot, because a lot of these episodes just have an A-plot. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, no, I know what you mean, because sometimes I'm like, you know, sometimes I feel like the episodes are much longer than they really are, and there's other episodes where I'm like, oh my god, it's over already. You know, I, I, I yeah. sat down, you know, I can sit down like and review watch. review
1: is only like 20 minutes,
2: but it flies yeah. by in a good way.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I thought, um, I enjoy it. I enjoy it and I think that the I think the reason why I do enjoy it so much is that the characters their disposition their attitudes
0: yep. it's so
2: funny because you go where is this is this in Chicago or is it in South Boston It's in because, Chicago No they, I know No I okay. know but that's the thing I know what you're going to say I've got I mean I know two guys that I've worked with down here you know being in Florida they're both from Illinois and yeah. The, the amount of sarcasm and the banter that goes back and forth between someone that's from Massachusetts and someone from Illinois, being the fact that we did live in Illinois, probably added to the way we do conduct ourselves, the, the demeanor that I do Absolutely. have. Absolutely. It, you just go, oh, my God, they're really like cousins, aren't they? And it's just you really you look at these guys and, and they're they're very they're very um, if they were Irish, they'd be South Boston but they yeah. but they they're italian and they they're chicago and they're so they're so similar in in regards um i think that the amount of tension and the rough neckness and no one sees the, and that's one thing with chef is just to create a simple item it's just so there's so much insane tension in it and and very much like you get so much you got more of the tension in the food truck and more of the tension in in the restaurant in the bear when they all they're doing is cooking they're not cooking high gourmet items they're cooking very you know blue-collar food very worker-friendly food between sandwiches yeah. and and cuban sandwiches and even at the end of the of chef you don't see the amount of tension when they do that pan out when they're when they're going through the new restaurant is mm-hmm. when they when they're on the ground floor in the trenches type setting that that tension in the tension in the small confined space that you see in the bear and then you see in chef and it's it's very real and it's very like you said it's the language is is rough it's colorful it's very much like Mm -hmm. trench trench warfare at times yeah and it does it does a great it does a really really great job at that especially there's one episode that's it's a one take episode it's a one shot episode of the bear i don't know exactly which episode it is the name of it but it's it's one shot one take and they they pull it off and you just see you just enjoy it and it and i don't we got i got so caught up in it not thinking that they were just automatically assuming and especially the cousin richie you just go that guy's mm-hmm. from boston that guy's from boston he's from boston yeah. and you didn't he looks. He looks
0: like he would be part of like, um, uh, Mark like, Wahlberg's entourage. You know, he,
2: he looks like Dave Jackson, dude. He's he's very <laughs> much like. I mean, in his in his striped Adidas pants, but Jim, it, I know you you caught it when they're going to go to the Oliver Platt's like yep. kid's birthday party. They drop get, Naperville. They say yeah. Naperville, and you go, oh shit, yeah. they're from they're in they're in Illinois. I forgot. Yeah, and that that yep. to me makes it for me that to me made it more enjoyable and, and likable because uh, dad took us into Chicago. Yeah. Dad's brought us into Chicago. We weren't, we're not unfamiliar with Chicago.
0: Yeah. We had so. the Vienna hot dogs with, you know, with, with the chips right on the hot dog and, the, and yeah. the little poppy seeds on the bun.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing. Every time you do have a hot dog, you do think about the poppy seed buns. That's yeah. just something that from, if you're from Illinois, you understand and how special that is.
1: <laughs> so,
2: You know, no matter what age you are, it's just it's a special thing. And I think that it did resonate on that level. It did resonate on, you know, having worked in a kitchen, having knowing that that love is such a love is such an important thing. And that in a from personal experience, if there is tension, if there is fighting, if there's anything in the restaurant that is of ill will, that's destroying that basic passion and love for something, it's the food's going to taste like shit, just straight up and they do even though they've got so much tension in that restaurant and i think it was it's insane and it's just like the littlest thing if it's it's if it throws the whole conducting of the of the symphony program. and the rest of the program and the symphony program, yeah. like like when the when the the ticker tape you know when the restaurant uh they yeah. got the brand new like menu thing and it's shooting out like what 125 orders or some shit yeah like at once
0: when, when sydney took turned on the to go system and the and allowed them to order ahead of time and everything, yeah. And it just goes wild. Yeah, but it's a... you're right. I mean, if you look at the individual characters, you know, and and each one has their specialty. Every single one of them is passionate about what they're doing. You know, anywhere from you know the 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 chef who keeps calling them Jeff, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I to feel like the... Tina's
1: character development was very uneven. I felt like one episode they decided to flick a switch and they're like. Oh, she she understands and likes Sydney now and what she's doing.
0: Yeah, because Sydney remade the potatoes for her, you know, or whatever. It was well, yeah, there. but
1: again, it just felt like they flipped a switch and they were like, okay. Yeah, that's, well, that's it's been the
0: character like the development is done, and they're like, oh, we got to do something with with Tina.
1: <laughs> Think about
2: it. So remember how? So remember how she just basically was like, "Fuck this! I don't need to be yeah. treated like this," and and quit. Look Sid- at the way, yeah, Sydney. When she walked off, she was like, "I'm set." Yep. Remember, remember the part where he's—they do the flashback where he's in New York and the guys like, "How are you? You know, you yeah. shouldn't be alive. You suck. Why are you so slow? Yeah. Why?" are you so- Where and Joe, just-
0: Joe McHale's just yelling at him, just berating him, and it, it, you—it almost seemed like Joe McHale wasn't actually a real person or a real memory, like it was just somebody in his head.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. But it was just so interesting because even flipping back to Chef you see that the amount of when he says to Dustin Hoffman, you don't talk to my staff like that. I talk to my staff like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like in John Leguizamo's like, whoever touched that is going to be bent over. <laughs> <Or> something. <laughs> he says that at me, Poppy Jewel. And it's just really funny because it's like, you see that. You see that, 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 like that trench warfare brothers in arms mentality yeah. that you, in the likes that you would see not to reference anything else that, but the best thing I can reference is, is fury. Like that disdain, that disdain love towards each other. Like stay the fuck out of my way. You know, let me do my, let me put my love on my craft. Like even the guy making the, the cakes, the cakes, Marcus. the donuts,
0: the bread. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. You just see that amount of love that he has for that, that item. And that's these, these two items explore that love and that how much how much love and passion towards what you're doing and how much love and passion to make someone else feel loved and feel that passion is so important and that's these two these two items these two programs these two different two different worlds convey the same message convey that and they drive it home and they drive it Mm -hmm. home and they drive it home and these people you know I, I can tie that in. into uh our, our last yeah. movie. That's where I'm going, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's really funny is that in Chef he loves he loves his entire staff. He loves them. Yeah. He says later, only one guy goes to them. In the bear, they fucking hate him because they're like, You're not your brother, you're not this, you're not that and he just Yeah, he you're just, not Michael. He just takes hits and, hits and hits and hits and hits and hits and hits and hits, and he's selling. He's selling what? His Levi's collection? Yeah. To keep the to keep the restaurant going? Is that what he's selling? He's selling That's, Levi's. Right? Hey, it's
1: worth a lot of money to the right people. The gene, the, is- the the vintage <laughs> jean market. Don't don't knock it. All right, before we before we stray away from this, I do want to say very quickly. I yeah. think Richie just getting a slap on the wrist. Uh, the dude woke up was kind of a bad setup for season two. I think it would have been more interesting if he had stayed in prison. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like also also the very end where like they take all the money out of the tom- tomato cans. Was... You ruined it. <laughs> I, we're we're discussing this. You should watch yeah. this if you're gonna. <laughs> this uh, anyway. Did you? It just you guys... felt like it was just like, all right, there it is. Money problem solved. We can install a drive-through window in the
2: next season. Are you excited Gosh. about this? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I think it was yeah, I it's just I I I loved it. I think I watched it. I watched it all in like literally two two days. Me too. It was hard, I watched the it first was hard four to, and then the next four. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard to walk away. Um
0: Alex, I don't remember it did I did to. I did you tell me about this? I think that's no. why I
2: watched it. No, you wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> oh again. About it. I thought it
0: was you and you know, so I'm I, I watched the first episode, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so stressful. And I um, but it's I really end up going back
1: or uncut gems in the way What's it's so that? stressful. It's it's like uncut gems or after hours in the way it's so stressful
2: and just like there's so much it's shit going on. Stressful. But it's so but, funny because you go with these but, things, you sorry, what about yeah, but? no,
0: but it make it, it, you know, it he makes progress throughout the eight episodes. Alex, did you see one of your favorite people that you haven't seen in years in here?
2: No. Bernthal? Bernthal's been in things. Pretty in pink? Who? John Cryer? Who? John Cryer? No, Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald was in it. Yeah. I forgot about that who's because Molly she, she
0: was in the Al-Anon meeting. She ran the Al-Anon meeting. Oh,
2: who's Molly Ringwald? She, Are you joking? What? No. That was Molly who,
0: Ringwald. No, who
1: is Molly Ringwald? <laughs> I know. Who is Molly Molly Ringwald. <laughs> I'm fully aware of who Molly Ringwald is. Okay. It's not in the
2: show. No, he
0: meant he, where in the show. Yeah. She was she was running the Al Anon meeting.
2: That's really funny because I, I forgot she was in it and I, I think I watched this around the same time I watched Dahmer. And she's, she she's in a, Dahmer? She is. She's the she's the stepmother. And you go you go, God, she uh she hit the ugly wall. Wow, okay. <laughs> I was like I was like oh, I had a, I was like, I had a thing for her, you know. Sixteen, 16 candles, Molly Ringwald. Who what? Who doesn't? Come on, <laughs> it's the basis of women. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> oh my listen, god. I'll come. I'll come clean. Molly Ringwald, Janine Garofalo, uh, Janet from Janet Jean, from Three's Company, and and the. The short chick from the Go Go's have massive influences on on women. I was attracted. I'm attracted to. Uh, <laughs> and
0: then there was uh, what's her name, Janie. Oh name?
2: I, Yeah, you ruined Alison Janie. You ruined it,
0: Alison Janie. <laughs> I,
2: it was her. It was her brains that made me. <laughs> it's <was> her brain. <laughs> it's her brain. So yeah, no, that's that's confession time. <laughs> I don't
1: I don't know why why that was confession time but it happened nonetheless
2: <laughs> because you, okay. mo- you say Molly Ringwald and I melt Oh
0: my god <laughs> Molly
2: Ringwald
1: Molly Ringwald <laughs> <laughs> I say who is Molly Ringwald and I see I see death in your eyes i <laughs> <laughs> tell you who Molly Ringwald is Oh my god <laughs> Nick what's you- your take on it on the bear in general, I I, yeah. I think it's a good take on like trauma and coping mechanisms of trauma, trauma. and like throwing yeah. yourself into things to distract yourself from problems in your life. Cause yeah. that's what he does. And like, yeah. he even says this at one point, I think during the alcohol anonymous meeting where he's like, I threw myself into this. I I tried to get better and better just for his approval and I never got it. And now I'm at this restaurant trying to fix something that cannot be fixed now, and yeah. I like that really that really stuck with well, me. Like I really you said, like it.
0: In the last five minutes, suddenly it's fixed.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. But you know what's really funny is that you think about it. I'm not a, a John Berthol fan. I'm just whatever his name is. I just I'm not. I just don't because that's that's the thing is he's not meant to be liked, and you could definitely see. That if you look at him as as the family man at the at the restaurant like at home and everything, it's like he's playing a part there. But if you think about the setting that they that they have with like the the entire kitchen staff and and the cousin, you go, yeah, it it fits perfectly because they're as much of a bunch of assholes as he is. I think Marcus is the only one that is not out of all of them. But you just go, what a bunch of Maybe not the rest of maybe not the rest of the, the stuff, but between Tina and the cousin, you just go, "What a bunch of assholes!" And you go, "He fits perfectly." Well, it's indicative. It's indicative of his personality and his character that you believe to be portrayed. Well, yeah, what's, the brother was
0: an addict, and but he's an addict in a whole other way. Well, yeah.
1: what's what's interesting about the brother is the one time that we get to see him, the one time where we get to like see him, John Bernthal, in the flesh is. When he's telling this Bill Murray story and he is, he's infectious when he does it. And what it contrasts itself to is Richie telling that same story on a date where he's, he's so out of his element during that date, retelling that same story that was captivating that entire kitchen because he is not, he's not the brother. He's not the brother and he'll, you know, he doesn't have that same magnetism to him. Right, he's
2: right. he's an imposter, dude. Yeah. He's Basically, an imposter. He has no he has no other. He's got nothing. At his own. He's just a, he's a scumbag. He's like scumbag Richie, and that's yeah. it. Is that he's riding off someone? Think about it. He doesn't. What does he do? What does he do at the restaurant? Nothing. He sits there and holds the kitchen. I think the, he he the mans the cash down. register, but that's it. Yeah, he holds the gun. Is that it? <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so it's just like whatever, dude. You know, but that's the thing is that. I actually, you know, and that's when I saw him in Andor, I go, What a great oh, what a <laughs> what a great put yeah, scumbag Richie in space, you know. But that's the thing is you just go, what a perfect character for this scumbag to play. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And you and you go, yeah. hey, I, I actually like that actor. <laughs> yeah. But yeah.
0: So the the other thing I found interesting about the bear is how much it grabbed hold of me in the, the the passion the drama the the trauma the you know the 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 progression over the eight uh episodes but the funny thing is i'm like wait a second i think i've seen this before this is very very similar to another show that i had seen and a lot of people will you know get even chef confused with like burnt remember burnt a couple of years ago
2: is that wait hold up hold up when did that even come out because that just came up the the bradley cooper thing
0: the bradley cooper movie yeah bradley cooper that came out before chef i believe
2: did it i didn't someone just mentioned this to me the other day and now i want to I, I actually want to see that because yeah. of what we're talking about tonight and i was just like i was like wait a minute is this brand new and like that came up and then is there something called boiling point Is it might be an english show that's about a restaurant too they i think so yeah Chef in the bit, chef in the bear, it actually makes me go, wow! I could actually watch more more movies about kitchens, oh, kitchen. and, re- and restaurants. Yeah,
0: but specifically the bear, I, I was like, you know, a lot of these points, a lot of these, you know, these these um, famous uh, chefs who, you know, want to open up their own place and have had trauma in their life and owe big money to the mob. And actually, the, this other show may have actually been in Chicago, too. Remember, David Schwimmer did a show a couple of years ago called Feed the Beast. What? Yeah, I think that was on AMC a couple of years ago. And that was really good, too. But the problem was and this is why I'm very afraid that the bear's not going to come back is because Feed the Beast was very good, too. And at the end of the first season, it just never came back. It just disappeared into the woodwork.
2: Would you be upset if the bear did not come back? i would be i would not i wouldn't be either because but not for any other reason like not like oh it blows you think that the story finished i think that the story is good enough that we that you can i think that be satisfied with it and just step away that's yes i'd be more than happy to do that Uh, because it's great you know it's not everything could be empire (laughs) yeah, <laughs> like you know, I'm yeah. Sorry, I mean, not everything. <laughs>
1: it kind of does set itself up as like a, a fairy tale ending at the end, getting all of that money. So, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I understand that. And, you know, it, and sometimes these guys get to a point where it's like they're not sure if if they're going to get the next season. You know, I wasn't sure if there was another season, so maybe that's why they felt compelled to rewrite the end of the season real, real quick. You know, and and I'm sure that that I mean that was probably influenced by COVID too. Who knows? You know, they probably filmed right before COVID and they may have said, you know what? Hey, we're being told we got one week to get off the set, you know, because COVID's coming or something like that.
2: You know, it just hit me. It just really hit me that one thing that does a really, really good job at with, with Carmen is um, either the makeup is phenomenal or whatever is you can just see if you look at him between the way his character is, you can just see the amount of grease and sweat that he's caked in like the whole time the whole time and that's that's very it's a very real thing for someone that works in a restaurant you just walk out and you've just got grease and sweat all over you that it's just very it's very convincible um you know either be like you said it's it's almost like on an addiction level like someone yeah. sweating out and it's just you you see it you see that level of grime on them and it, they do a great job at that yeah yeah, I mean, good production
1: value all around. You know, between, I think the color correction in the show is pretty fantastic. The way the color sets it. mood in, in this show is is I love it. Really good. The camera work, yeah. uh, like you said, that one take. It,
0: it it makes things look you know really grimy, or it makes things look very cold. Um, yeah, very and,
2: yellow. It's very, very yellow. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. it's.
0: I gotta say one of, one of my favorite scenes in the entire eight episodes. <laughs> Is when they go to uh they go to cousin Jimmy's and they knock all the kids out by mistake.
2: <laughs> I just love the, the Xanax they, and the Ecto Cooler. I love the <laughs> fact that they reference Ecto Cooler. He's trying to make Ecto Cooler. I think that's <laughs> phenomenal.
0: But Aww. going back to your lighting, uh, you know, I I think that this is very interesting what you're saying about the lighting because well not the lighting
1: at- the color correcting
0: the color correcting sorry. The looking at the lighting in the in our next show, in the next movie called The Menu, I think that the menu is almost presented like like a play, you know, the way that the entire thing is lit. Have you thought of it that way, especially since they very much show it as like different. Well, they're they're trying to say it's, you know, different parts of the meal, but it's almost like different parts to a play.
1: I haven't thought of it that way because this is a movie about movies again. This mean, is a theory from Reddit that comes from user Anthony Terms, and it breaks down the menu as a movie about movies. So Tyler represents cinephiles. Uh, Bryce Soren and Dave represent producers. We should probably explain some of the movie before I get into all this, but I'm very sure, excited to talk about this theory. Um... <laughs> So, uh, the menu is about a disgruntled chef who invites a couple of well-known patrons to his restaurant for, um, one good meal. Might be their last. (laughs) Who's to say? It, it, it it is, it is. We're getting into spoilers. I'm not gonna play around with that. Um,
0: (laughs) Most of them.
1: But, uh, yeah, 2022 movie starring um, Anya Taylor-Joy uh, as the main girl, Margot, uh, Nicholas Holt as uh, Tyler, and uh, Ralph Fiennes as... Uh, what's his Fiennes? name? Slowik. That was Rafe. Rafe? I
2: don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's
1: weird. Yeah, no, his name <laughs> is pronounced very strange from how it's spelled. Anyway... That's Ra- not Joseph. <laughs> Ra- Rafe Fiennes uh, plays this disgruntled chef who is making... This big elaborate one final meal as his big fuck you to the world, basically. Yeah, I don't know you. You wanna you wanna talk a little more before I dive into uh, crazy Reddit theory.
0: No, I, I you know what I I I I I'd, I'd love to hear what this crazy Reddit theory is because you know I went through all of these characters and you know they are distinct from one another. And none of them really interacts with each other. You know, they they all stay with with the group that they came in with.
1: So uh, Reddit user Anthony Terms uh, made up this theory, basically, that puts out the idea that this is a movie about movies. And Chef Slowick basically represents the creative burnout of movies nowadays and how everything's just kind of like a remake or like it's like, elevated horror whatever the hell that term even means it's all just a bunch of gobbledygook nonsense so tyler uh who re- who is in the movie of foodie uh represents cinephiles who know a lot about the craft but they can't actually do it yeah and they basically just like worship all of these like
0: oh like the, sh- the snyder heads
1: yeah <laughs> they they worship they worship chefs and and they're like oh i i don't know how to cook food so the the what i you the power broker boys what what the hell are their names the three guys uh bryce soren and dave they're the producers they're the ones who you know are actually putting in all of this money but they have this need to kind of take control of this thing that they have put so much money in and they want to take that control away from slowick and this is Mm -hmm. what part of what has jaded him over the years lillian ted lillian and ted uh represent critics they are Still, the critics, even if they are food or for movies, who uh, with one bad review can sink a restaurant or a director's career or even an actor's career. John Leguizamo is a little obvious as the movie star. He is, you know, yep. he is the star who is sold out and is, you know, just not doing anything at all. They don't care about the art anymore. It was his last movie Chef? No, he's been another <laughs> stuff. He was in John Wick too. Oh, at least we're
0: tying it together. Yeah
1: he was in john wick 2 at least but yeah so Margot is the average moviegoer
0: the cheeseburger itself is that what you're saying
1: kind of the cheeseburger at the end is in fact the menu the cheeseburger is a return to form the ultimate message this movie delivers is that you shouldn't buy crap about high and low art because art is subjective art is whatever you like there is no good art there is no bad art there is only art that you like and at the end of the day, some people want a cheeseburger. At the end of the day, some people want an unbroken emulsified fucking soup of peed mashed corn or whatever, you know? Some people want that. But it's it's not good or bad. But we do need to remember how to make the cheeseburger. Yep. At the end of the day, we need to remember what pleases. And while some of the fancy crap may please some people, it's not going to please everybody. Everybody has their own tastes. I don't know. I kind of lost myself in in all of that, but um,
2: yeah. I think you just made up for the last thirteen episodes we've done together. Yeah, you all the talking. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just joking. Yeah, but, so um, what? What is the Elsa
1: then? Elsa. Elsa, the, the hostess. The hostess. Um, Very
0: robotic hostess.
1: She's a robot. <laughs> she she is the assistant director who has had to
0: assistant director who has had
2: to keep up with the bullshit of the director i was really surprised that judith light was in it because i thought judith light was dead oh <laughs> I really. Did. which one was that judith one... light judith light is from uh who's the boss it's angela yeah. from who's the boss it's yeah. it's the wife it's the wife of the guy who who uh, yeah hired, oh, the... hired Margot at one point
0: oh the librands okay. yeah the older couple okay
2: yeah, and that's that's the thing is that they said the part where he's like, "Do you remember what what I've cooked for you the last whatever times, however that many times halibut. you've been?" Yeah, but that's and it goes back to like it goes back to what I alluded to that whole consumption viewing where we're just consuming, consuming, consuming to consume and oh, not yeah. that's not also part of me. appreciating that value, you know, and especially. Like going back, you know. I'll I'll let you guys take the lead on this because I know I've I've got a point to anything I have to say tonight. But <laughs> but yeah, um, definitely. You, I mean, not to, dude. You really you, you hit us over the head real fast, Nick. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, <laughs> I was know, very like, excited to share this one with you because I, I thought you would enjoy it. <laughs> um, like, wow, I
1: don't even know where to go. <laughs> with this. Yeah, but I no, I think the movie is just about the fact that, like, you know. It's okay to eat
2: cheeseburgers, (laughs) basically. I I think that I I was really excited about this and I was really excited about Babylon because they were, to me, it was like, finally, it was something different. Finally, we were getting something unexpected that did not follow the usual form of Mm -hmm. what was going on. We were finally, it was, to me, it was like, to me, it said this was the the return to better movies and not... It was a return to, like, normal. It was a return to... It, it was. And that's the thing is that that's what I was really excited about. And, it, dude, I, find me one person that doesn't like this movie. Please. Please find me one person because... Everyone I've seen, everyone that I know that has seen it, is like, "Holy shit, what a movie, dude! That movie is bonkers. It's it, it's it is so great. I mean,
0: nobody was expecting what happens. You
2: no, know? Oh, everyone and, and thought this, is, this was like a cannibal movie from the trailer. I, I, I did too. I did too. And I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a cannibal movie. And that that's the thing. You go, you go. Yeah, great. It's just gonna be another. It's gonna be a cannibal movie, and and. It, it wasn't in it threw you for a loop. And one thing that I think is just so hilarious throughout the whole movie is when they, that whole fine art, you know, what is it? Master table or whatever they call it, where they just keep showing the different meals. They're talking about the different things he's cooking. Yeah. And then they, they show that they show the, whatever, you know, whatever the meal is. And they give this fine art thing in the, you know, detail of what it is. And then they get to what is it? Like Tyler's shitty rep Tyler's shitty uh item or Tyler's shitty <laughs> recipe. <laughs> it's oh, like it- No,
0: oh, oh, for uh Jeremy, the mess?
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Remember when Oh, oh when, when he's
1: forced yeah, when yeah, he's yeah. forced to cook. Okay. And he kills himself.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing is Oh, <laughs>
0: Tyler's bullshit.
2: Yeah, Tyler's bullshit. <laughs> but what's really funny is you know and i knew you were getting to this before nick and when i was like "Well, hold up hold up up," Mm -hmm. is that the different aspect between chef and bear that general love and the staff love and whatever where you're like these people would die for him yeah (laughs) this this brings it home these people die for him like his his kitchen staff like you know they start offing themselves like the guy who just blows his head off yeah, you know, Jeremy, he sh- yeah. shoots himself and be, because what is he what do you he say he's not he's just not good enough he fit he, he like wasn't as good as as you know he, chef chef was yeah. so he, like he, shot him
0: he wants the chef's life
2: but he won't he'll never get it so he just offs himself Yep. but i think that that was really interesting and these guys like how robotic they are yes chef and just how finely tuned and orchestrated and you look at that you go look at these guys are finely tuned they're orchestrated they've got they've got they're in a high end and it's the most miserable people they're just fucking miserable you know and versus like being in those other situations where they're happily miserable do you understand what I mean? Like, there's a, its there's, a
1: different misery. It's a more like—it's a different
2: com- comradic misery. Yeah, and they, that's the thing. And you know, if you're never around, <laughs> if you're not from the east or you know know anyone from the east, you know the north northeast, you don't understand happy misery. You never understand, <laughs> you know, positive cynicism, and it's just these guys. They they're just fucking. All of them, you can see, they they all share that same, I hate what's happened to the restaurant industry or I, I hate what's happened to the film industry. And we, we love our chef so much that we, we would, and we believe in his vision that we would die for it. And he's got a drunk mom in the corner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. I don't think,
1: like, Margo's the voice of reason who's just like, can you all stop being overdramatic and just make me a good movie again? But yep. let me
0: point out, <laughs> can you come can on. you
1: cut all the bullshit and just make a good movies? Make good movies again. Can you do this? Are is it are you capable of this?
2: Yeah. But no. I don't,
0: I don't believe for one moment that Margo's from Brockton, Mass.
2: Yeah, she does not have an accent.
0: No, she doesn't have an accent at all.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> She doesn't have a the, the Brockton swagger. So about her. So, yeah. Not at all. Yeah, she would be a little bit more rough. Like I said, I think the menu was is something that came out of nowhere. If yeah. it kind of flew under the radar for a bit. I only knew a couple of people that actually saw it in the movie theater. And it, it moved to it moved to HBO Max very quick did it? Yeah. It seemed so, yeah. Like with 2 weeks, 3 weeks maybe. Uh so I think it had
1: been out a little bit in like limited release, but
2: yeah. Phenomenal movie, man. Like you just like I said in it, it it was such a it was hard to peel away from. Like, usually I can... Usually I'll get up in the middle of a movie and, and go do the dishes. I I was glued. I was glued to my seat. And it was... It, like you said, it was so... It was so unlike anything we had ever seen. Because it was unpredictable. And I was like...
0: But you knew there was more coming because they told you it was an eight-course meal. So you're like, oh my God, there's, there's, there's going to be more and they're going to ramp it up higher and they're going to ramp it up higher again.
2: Yeah. Isn't it interesting that... Like Jeremy was taking pictures or what was his name? Tyler. What? Tyler. Tyler was Tyler was taking pictures and as much as he loved Chef and as much as he didn't want to go against his his wishes, the first thing he did was go against his wishes. He pulled his phone right out and started snapping pictures. You yeah. know, it, like even pictures of the um like he didn't give a shit. He wanted it, he's like, I have to take a picture of that this. side
1: of him represents
2: leakers. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> leakers that's his that's the, his mom in the corner she's a leaker oh my god oh, <laughs> oh my god drinking that much you got to be a leaker <laughs> <But> <laughs> your liver's just shot but no but no it's just you um yeah right off the bat just didn't i love this and i don't care this is i'm gonna do this for you know for prestige or you know to get some sort of internet clout like you know especially if they, boy, they pay like 12.50 a, a plate something like that they yeah pay, they paid like over a thousand dollars per plate and mm-hmm. everything so i think it was pretty amazing i think that the fact is and it does like you said the cheeseburger is the menu It the fact is that it came right back on itself and said i'm fuck you i'm not gonna do what you tell me to do i'm not doing this i'm not doing it the usual movie industry way even when you know he's got his angel investor and he just puts him in the dip there and and you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> <You're a dip.
2: laughs> <The dip. laughs> that that to me is what made it so witty was just so like you said it's it. Uh, if it isn't if it is in fact and it is completely yeah i get it if it is about the film industry and I, like i said i get it i can see it it says fuck it man we're gonna do what we want and you never saw this coming and you didn't you didn't see the angel investor coming you know i was expecting yeah. it no, to come out on at a at plate. <laughs> but that that's and that's that's a that's a pretty witty thing man and that's the thing is that it, it, tying it, and it goes back into absolute love and that you've seen you've seen your love and your passion absolutely destroyed yeah and you you have yeah. destroyed hoard out that people just consume 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 and don't give a fuck that you're willing to people are willing to die and you They just willing, want to take it away willing, from other people And you're willing to kill for it. You're willing to die for it. And the fact is that that cheeseburger was his grassroots. And he he, it represented everything he did, because that picture of him, like the Anthony Bourdain looking picture where he's got was it say kiss the cook on his on his (laughs) on it. And it's so cheesy. It's so cheesy. But that's such a that's such a loving piece of, fucking, you know, apparel. And yeah, it well, it's, it's, it's like much... character
1: development in and of itself. It's just like he was just a kid
2: flipping burgers,
1: and somehow yeah. he spiraled into this.
2: And it, Yeah, and it's very much like Anthony Bourdain. It's a very much an Anthony Bourdain-type character where he just goes, that cheeseburger was his chance to finally connect, and he's like, "Yup, you've got the pass, Margot. You're not these people. You're not that. You are not that. It reminded me of like, remember in The Dark Knight when he's like, "Don't try to talk like them. You're not them. Yeah. You're not them, Margot." And that are very much like that. And they're just like, "That cheeseburger was it. That was the representation that, that took him back. That got her the pass." Yeah. And then she then she just eats it. <laughs> at, well, the it's end. like
1: it's interesting because the whole movie is kind of like about this, the fact that we have like taken away certain experiences from certain economic groups it's about how we have you know this experience of fine dining that only like a fraction of the population actually gets to experience and enjoy is kind of stupid like when you really think about it like the shit you're eating there is is stupid why would you want any of this stuff when you can just have a good burger or a good steak or or a good just plain simple meal it doesn't need all of the bullshit that surrounds it, and this, this, that's also something the movie touches on. This,
2: good. If I could have a taco with my face on it, I'd be about it.
0: Yeah, I wanted to see the printer. <laughs> of course,
2: of course, you wanted to see the printer.
1: Of
0: course, I wanted to see the printer. So, can I, can I point out something really funny about this? Sure. Um, this is uh, uh, life following art. What's that phrase?
1: Art imitating life.
0: Art imitating life, or life imitating art? Um, in this case, the, did you notice that John Leguizamo, uh, his, his character in here, the, the movie star, the has-been movie star, he proposes a travel food show. You remember that scene? And so John Leguizamo actually does have one coming out. <laughs> it's, it's called Leguizamo Does America. <laughs> so it's, it's like he predicted something he was going to do in real life.
1: Or he knew it was already coming, and he wanted to throw in a bit of meta humor, right? Yeah. He was pitch- he was pitching it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah, just like he I told about he told HBO, movie. "If I do this, you you make you make this <laughs> traveling cooking
2: show real, right? Yeah, he showed up on. Did he show up on the Daily Show? Maybe. Is he is he cover is he doing the Daily Show now? Like I saw something I the think other day I think you, there were like
1: on. there are like a bunch of guest hosts doing the Daily Show right now. Well, they like since a new
2: guy. It's very off. It's a very off yeah. situation. The
1: Daily Show's been off
2: since Jon Stewart left it. So. Yeah, very much <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, I think in the end, it's just you know, love wins. I guess.
1: <laughs> love wins <laughs> Have passion in what you're doing.
0: Yeah, follow your passion. At
1: the, at the at the very least, just be passionate about what you're doing and put your all all your
2: love and heart into it. So I'll give you I'll give you this, Jim. I don't I don't think you even realized how many how many connections there would be between the three. No, that, not
0: at all. So yeah. I think
2: that was that was pretty cool. I think that because I'll tell you, I was like, How the hell are we gonna pull this one off altogether? But yeah, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> and it, then when you're like, Well, it'll be a quick episode, I'm like, Yeah, f- my ass, it'll be a quick episode <laughs> when I start when I start talking.
0: <laughs> and yeah, you guys it, like oh, you know, can we cut this out? Can we cut that out? And I'm like, no, they all, you know, they all fit together. There's a reason why I wanted these three, you know? And, and now you guys see.
2: I see.
1: I'm still not quite sure of the connecting thread other than food and a few actors, but, um... Oh, that's and the service it.
2: industry And
1: And that's it. That's it, really. But, <laughs> no, it's okay. That's not no, not I everything think, has I to think be I think we have, you know...
0: Yeah, I think love, we're all love, full.
1: Love in the high-end, high love in the low-end... And what happens when you lose that love? That's that's how these are connected.
0: Keep the passion alive. I think we're all full from all this food talk. I'm not.
1: I'm not full. I haven't eaten dinner yet. I'm just hungry. I'm starving now. Now I want a Cubano. Cheeseburger. You should have a Cuban. A, a, cheese, a, a cheeseburger and a Cubano and a and a, um... <laughs> and a cerveza, not a beer. <laughs> and a breadless bread plate. <laughs> yeah. A breadless
0: bread plate. <laughs>
1: Or or a human smore. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The gobbledygook.
1: Yeah. They melted into gobbledygook. Yep. Oh, Uh jeez. All right. All righty. It's been a good episode. Thank you you guys for joining me again. You're welcome.
0: Thank you, yeah.
1: All right, well, I mean, we can't just end the episode without saying that we are, uh, of course...
2: ORPHANS IN, in SPACE!
1: Alright, alright, now the end of- uh, We've ended it properly now, if I can just speak. Alright, uh, good night, everybody.
0: because there are other people doing the the stunt cutting, you know?
2: (laughs) Stunt cock. (laughs) That's that's an orgasmo reference. (laughs) Cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: I guess we know what the end bit is
2: now. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God.